The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the All-American Brit Podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I am your host, Johnny McEwen. Really excited about the episode this week. Got a special guest on the show, Travis Reed, a former basketball player who's had a very interesting and illustrious career in European basketball. But first, speaking about basketball, we're actually entering a great part of the basketball season. And of course, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's bet online where the game starts. And I'm really excited to get this episode started. Travis Reed is a current podcaster and former basketball player who achieved a great deal of success in his career in European basketball. He attended UCLA from 1997 to 99 and then went to Long Beach State in 2000 to 2002. You'll hear in the interview that Travis had quite an interesting first year, but his professional career really began in 2003 in Holland. I connected with Travis and I'm so excited to have him on the show because he kind of encompasses the all-American Brit formula in a very unique way. He's an American who spent his career in Europe and in Australia playing what's really considered an American game overseas. He played in Holland, Estonia, Germany, Australia, like I said, multiple title winning seasons, multiple MVP recognitions, and lots of interesting stories from his time playing internationally. I really enjoyed talking with Travis and I hope you enjoyed listening. So let's get to it. Here's my interview with Travis Reed. Well, Travis, thank you so much. First of all, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, and I think you're kind of, weirdly, a perfect guest for this show because I talk a lot about American sports, but I also have this massive influence from the UK and from Europe, and it gives me kind of a perspective on culture and how I think about sport and how other countries uh, think about sport. And so I think you're kind of perfect to, to talk to, and we actually share a few things in common. Is it true that your birthday is on August the 6th? Yes, August 6th, yes, 1979. The August 6th, 1991 is myself. 
And uh, I know I don't sound like it, but I was also born in Los Angeles, California, as you were as well. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you've got much more of an Angelino tone than I do, but we, uh, we, <laughs> same day, same spot. We've got we've got more in common than you think. So I'd, I'd I'd love you to talk a bit about growing up in LA and talk about kind of when basketball became an influence for you and and your childhood in, in Los Angeles. Well, pretty much, uh, you know, growing up in LA, where I was at, I was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, growing up. Uh, in the early stages, uh, my father was in the military, so he was. Uh, we moved around a lot, so I was an army brat, not army brat, uh, Air Force uh, kid. So we moved from North Dakota to Sacramento, Texas. Uh, you know, for a couple of years here, a couple of years there, growing up, and then when my father retired from the military, um, I was like uh, like eight years old. And then we moved back to L.A. Pretty much I would come to L.A. every summer. I uh, just spend the summer with my grandmother. Um, you know, but I, I grew a love for basketball, probably uh, watching the Los Angeles Lakers growing up. You know, my family is a Laker family. And we've been Laker fans since, you know, I can remember. And so I used to watch a lot of, like, Lakers back when I was a kid. And I just fell in love with basketball, kind of watching Lakers, watching Magic Johnson, and then, you know, watching my dad because he was a coach. Is there anyone that you kind of thought, oh, wow, that you idolized them or thought about kind of shaping your game afterward that was a childhood influence for you? I would say Magic. Magic definitely was, uh, you know, like, you know, my if I want to say I idolized him, you know, I thought he was – the best, you know, six nine point guard can dribble, can shoot, it can pass, it can do everything, hmm. and he had fun playing. So for me, uh, that's why I enjoy Magic. And I, you know, he was my he was my guy. Magic was my guy. You played basketball at university at UCLA, and then again at Long Beach. Can you talk a bit about your collegiate experience? What you think that that gave you, and how that propelled you into your professional career? Yeah, pretty much, you know, growing up in L.A. in my time, you know, there was a lot of NBA talent. Like I said, Baron Davis played with – I played with Baron Davis. I played with Jason and Jared Collins. I played against Shea Cotton. These are all – three to four all went to the NBA, all had 10-plus careers. And and so for me, going to UCLA was like the ultimate, you know, like ultimate dream of mine because UCLA was the school, you know, like uh, – you know, I grew up being a UCLA fan, uh, you know, knowing about John Wooden and the history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, all these guys. And after that, um, you know, like after UCLA, like going to UCLA was like a dream. So I was happy. But it was just a situation where um, me and the coach in CIDI, you know, as far as, you know, like my playing time. So I left and went to Long Beach State. And best thing about Long Beach State is I got a chance to play and I was runner-up player of the year, two years in a row, first team all Big West. Um, and then after, I thought I was going to get drafted in the NBA. I got some looks from like Memphis and Toronto and some other other, other teams. I thought I was going to get drafted around 50-something, 54, 55, something like that. But they end up uh, taking a different player, a player that I, you know, like I, I dominated in college, which was kind of weird to me hmm. um 
And I, you know, a friend, you know, a friend of mine had an agent. He was like, "Look, you can go. You can still play and make money, and uh, you can go overseas. Do you want to go overseas?" And I was like, "Man, I, I'll do anything. You know, I just want to keep playing basketball." <laughs> so, you know, uh, he got me to Bogota, Colombia, which was the first place I played. I played in Bogota right out of college uh, for like four months. Uh, then signed a contract to go to Poland. After that, uh, while I was in Bogota, so signed the contract, then came back home, got my stuff together, went to Poland. Um, they released me uh, because I wasn't a certain height, not because of my game, but because I wasn't a certain height. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the first time. My first year showed me all the business of European right. basketball, of professional European basketball, how teams kind of do you dirty, teams don't want to pay you. Team, all this happened in my first year. So I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to do this for, you know, 10 years, whatever it is. But first year was like a, just, a, just a learning lesson and a blessing to see how everything really goes in Europe. And um, then, of course, you make your way to a top divisional basketball team in the Netherlands, and here is Den Bosch. Yes, yes, pretty much. Funny story about that was uh, my first year, I... Uh, I was in Poland. They released me because of my height. I, I'm on the flight to go home. My agent calls me on the flight. He, he calls the flight like, you know, Paging Travis Reed emergency call. <laughs> so I get emergency call. Get I get off the flight. Uh, he's like, "Don't go home, man. Uh, you know, a team in France wants you. So fly to France. I fly. I, I fly to France. I don't have my bags because they're stuck in Poland." <laughs> uh, they're stuck in Poland so like I, I, all I got is the clothes on my back and my tennis shoes and that's it <laughs> and and so for me I was just like man you know I just want to make this team so I get my stuff and I was there for like two weeks I had to hand wash and wash my stuff every day and they released me uh, in France and then from France I got a, another job uh, in Belgium hmm. and pretty much my agent drove me down to Belgium. I was in for, I was in France for about two weeks, just, just relaxing, doing nothing in the hotel, you know, uh, waiting for my agent to come. And when he came, we drove to Belgium. And after that, you know, like Belgium, like the coach, the coach liked me, but he wanted something different. And it was kind of like, okay, well, what's different if you like me? <laughs> and after that, uh, I got a call from another. I, I let go of my agent. And after that, I called my, uh, called another agent. And he was like, well, there's a team in Holland. It's not that much money. Uh, but, you know, in them boss. But, you know, it's your first year. You just get your name out. And by then, I was like, whatever, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, just because it was a situation. Get me on the court. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just, I just wanted a chance to play. And so we played, uh, we played the, like the best team in, in Holland that year, my, my game, and we lost by like 30. So I asked the coach, like, thanks. I mean, I told the coach, I was like, you know, thanks, coach, for the opportunity. You know, I appreciate you letting me play with your team, yada, yada, yada. Um, but he was like, Travis, going to keep you. Oh, 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 I was shocked. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, 
And uh, no, he said, we're going to keep you on signing for the year. And that's pretty much how my career started. In incredible story. Was it your first time going to Europe? Was it your first time kind of seeing all of that? And, you know, you're getting a crash course in being a professional basketball player, but were you able to take in some of the sights? Did you kind of have any moments of, obviously you didn't have your stuff with you, so you're thinking about your clothing, but there's a moment of culture shock or what did you make of being in Europe and getting, getting to see the kind of magnitude of the basketball, how basketball is a global sport? Uh, it was different. I would say that really different. You know, um, I didn't really, I knew, I knew soccer was big, but I didn't realize how big soccer was, you know, in your soccer was like a mile ahead of, uh, of, of, of basketball. And so I was like, man, you know, like I didn't realize soccer was so big. I didn't realize soccer was like number one sport in the world, you know? But I, what I did realize that, that people were very passionate about um, they were passionate about um, basketball, you know, in Europe. Very passionate. And the game was a different kind of game in Europe. Now, the funny thing was, like, I was really trying to focus because going through what I went through the first two, three months of my, you know, first year, I was like, I can't, I ain't going to go through this no more. I'm not going to get cut. I'm going to be focused. I'm not going to be walking around. I could be sightseeing. I saw some things, you know, in Europe um, after I made teams and things like that. But, like, the first year, I wasn't doing anything. In the first couple years, I didn't really do too much as far as sightseeing. But it was a definitely a different culture. It's way, it, Europe is way more slowed down. That's what it is. They're way more slowed down. They are, they're like, uh, like you know, people... I have coffee at two in the afternoon and just relax and talk. Where California, especially where I live, it's like fast paced. It's always on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Where Europe, they kind of like relax. Even at McDonald's, I see people with newspapers at McDonald's and just chilling and talking and just like having coffee. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I didn't realize McDonald's was like that. So, you know. Yeah, the, the Muck Cafe was actually born in Europe. Who knew? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I said, in, in Europe, it's way more like lifestyle is way more slow down. And you just you, you what I what I love about Europe is that people stop and smell the roses of their life. Hmm. Where in the States is just, you know, fast paced. It's always on to the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? I mean, how did you find camaraderie within the group of players? I mean, was was language ever a real barrier? Did you find that, you know, was a was kind of basketball a common knowledge a common understanding that you had or was there an adaptation in your game that you had to kind of take on i did i did have to adjust my game um because europe is a lot more physical than the states hmm. uh the basketball players are athletic but not as athletic so they slow the game down slow the pace down run a lot of plays run a lot of sets uh it's not as much one-on-one um, it's more, like I said, it's more of a physical game where you, it's smarts, more shooting, more spacing. Maybe not as much as the NBA is now. I think NBA now is kind of, if you notice, the NBA is kind of adapted to European game in a way where it's a lot of spacing, it's a lot of shooting. The difference between the European basketball and NBA basketball is in Europe, they have big men. You know, a lot of big men are like Jokic, maybe not as good as Jokic from Denver. But a lot of big men in Europe can shoot it, can pass it, can play in the post, can do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, like I said, it's just a different kind of game. Um, I'll give you a funny story of language barrier. 
I was in Bogota, Colombia, right? And this is before my first game. And the coach is talking for about 15 minutes in Spanish. So I asked the, the player who spoke uh, English on the team, I was like, what'd he say? He said, get the ball to you inside. I said, he talked for 15 minutes, <laughs> more or less, get the ball to you. <laughs> I said, oh, all right, fine. Good to be a part of the plan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of funny. do hope you're enjoying my conversation with Travis Reed, but maybe it just hit you. Oh no, I've not done my Christmas shopping. Well, not to worry. Make this Christmas sparkle and say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you can find at a light price of $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. And because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They'll really make any outfit sparkle. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. And now, Back to my interview with Travis Reed. You achieved a great deal of success as well in playing in the leagues in, in Europe. You were named MVP in the 2003-2004, winning the title that year. Um, you also played in the Estonian leagues. Uh, you know, you must have enjoyed, obviously, your MVP seasons, but was there a country or a league that you particularly enjoyed playing in? Is there a level of the competition that you found most enjoyable or a country that you really enjoyed playing? Well, I definitely enjoyed playing in the ULIB Cup and the FIBA Cup, you know, uh, because just of the competition, the level of the competition, just to see different countries. After we won the championship in Holland my second year in 2004, we got a chance to play in the ULIB Cup. So we played Greece, uh, we played France, played Spain, uh, Grand Canary in Spain, like I said, Greece, Belgium. We play like, you know, like really, really good teams. And it gives you a chance to see how good you really are as an American, how good you really are as a player. Because you get to play against these monster teams, you know, monster named teams. So like and, and plus the travel, like I said, Spain was really beautiful. Greece was beautiful. France was beautiful. Belgium was nice. So like, yeah, you get a chance to see. It's really nice, you know, really nice countries and really nice, you know, like I said, teams and where you aspire, what to aspire to, to get to, to be honest, you know. That would say that was the best league. Um, I enjoyed Holland. I enjoyed Holland uh, just because, like, you know, the, like, you know, playing in Holland, you get a a chance to go against a lot of different Americans because they have a lot of Americans on the teams. So, get a chance to, you know, play against, you know, like I said, this is a fun time. Like I said, for me, it was all of it was fun. I, I would say the worst league was uh, this Estonian league uh, just because of the coldness. <laughs> you know, your, like, your, Ca- your Cali boys showing, Travis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I ain't gonna lie, like Estonia was beyond cold. So, yeah, I was, it was cold. But I, I, I love Estonia, the, the place, the country, the people, everything. Just the dang cold. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, European basketball leagues have been around for a long time. And um, mm. of course, they've only grown. What do you think of the state of European basketball when you were there? What did you kind of take note of? And kind of, is there anything that surprised you about it? And then what do you think of the state of European basketball now? I, I um, when I was playing, I think that it was, uh, it was like, it was really interesting to see, you know, just because like, I didn't realize that, you know, the, like you said, the history of European basketball. I had to learn that, you know, like all these great players that never came to the NBA. Uh, they had opportunities that got drafted and just never came. And then every year I was there, there was like the next great guy. And some of them would come to the States and some of them wouldn't. Like, uh, I remember when I was in Estonia, we played in the FIBA Cup and I played against Marcus Gasol. Boy, he, he got drafted the year before. He had to do with one more year left on his deal in Spain. And yeah, then he came to the States. Um, I saw Ricky Rubio. Uh, he played with my friend in Spain and Rudy Fernandez before they came to the NBA. And just like you get a chance to see the future of the NBA, to be honest, because a lot of those kids, you know, uh, that play in Europe, become the NBA, you know, the Jokers, the, you know, Dirk Nowitzkis, and so on and so forth, Manon Ginobili's, they play in high-level Europe. And so you get a chance to see them play before they go uh, to the States. And uh, like I said, I just think, you know, European basketball, it's basically, uh, it's so global now that NBA has, you know, fans in Europe and Europe, people have fans in the States. It's just a situation where, you know, like it just the the basketball has just exploded, you know, mm. and it's a more of a worldwide game now. Do you keep track of any of the European teams now? Do you is there is there a is there a little bit of fandom that stuck with you from one of the teams that you you played for? Uh, not as much as I used to. Uh, I used to really keep track of it when I first kind of retired, but no, not as much as I used to. I still check on my old teams, my old teams, you know, in Holland and in Estonia. And, uh, you know, Germany and uh, Australia, I still check on those teams, but I, I haven't been like on Eurobasket as I used to be on Eurobasket, like every day checking to see. Mm -hmm. And have you been back to Europe since your retirement? No, 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 not, no, no. I haven't been back. I'm going back. I'm going to probably go within the next year or so just to go back and to see, you know, show my son and like, Hmm. show myself like this is where your dad played you know people loved him here you know he did this and that you know i was waiting for him to get a certain age before i brought him back so you understand absolutely is there a particular game or a, or a moment that really st stuck with you that you could you still look back on and go and really think of i would say two two moments one was holland which is easy one was Holland when we, you know, like game six, we won the championship. Mm -hmm. uh, we were on the road. It was a tough game. We went to overtime. And we won the first championship on the for that team in like 25 years. And like everybody went crazy, bum rushed the court. Um, you know, like I got carried off the court, you know, uh, on people's shoulders. It was insane, you know. Um, and in the second moment, it was one game. <clears throat> we played a team called BC Kiev in Ukraine, mm -hmm. one of the top clubs in Europe. Uh, we played them in the FIBA Cup, and they just kind of like 
brushed us off as like, oh, this is a small little Estonian team or whatever. They're not going to do nothing to us. And we played them. We played them in our big gym at the time, and it was like a lot of people there at the game, and pretty much um, I had like my best game in you know in in, in Estonia, like forty points, thirty eight points, whatever it was, uh, and we won and we beat them, and it was like a shock. It like sent shock waves to all of like like the Europe Cup basketball. Like oh my god, BC Kiev lost to. Estonian team, uh, you know, crying of BC College. Like, my name was like Travis Reed scores 40 points or whatever it was. Uh, you know, so like, you know, it, it became like big, big news. That was like, you know, my, my two biggest moments. If um, a young kid came to you and said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm about to leave university, I'm thinking about going playing professionally in Europe, apart from telling them to have a carry on suitcase. What advice would you give them? Uh, just enjoy the moment. Uh, my, you know, my, my thing would be just enjoy the moment because you never know when it's going to end. I thought I was going to play like 15 years. I ended up playing just 10. And so, like, you just never know what's going to happen. I remember when I got injured and I got my stress fracture in my shin. Uh, I just, you know, like, I was sad and just, like, you know, kind of it, it, it shortened my career you know, getting injured. So I would tell any kid that's about to go play, enjoy your moment, but always have a plan of what's going to happen next. Don't just, I'm all, I'm a basketball player and that's it. Uh, we met through the Believe family. You have a show talking about UCLA basketball and Believe. Talk about this venture into podcasting and what you're making of the podcasting world. Well, pretty much... Um, Doing a podcasting thing, you know, just because like uh, what happened was, uh, I'll be honest with you, my there's two two things that happened. My son asked me, Dad, you know, like he said, Dad, how was your overseas career? And I said, Son, that's a long and complicated answer, right? And then my best friend, uh, who played in Europe for 15 years, Europe and Japan, he um, passed away, you know, unexpectedly. It was just, you know, like I felt like his story and my story, you know, like those kind of stories like need to be told. And so what happened was I did a podcast starting about a year ago, a year ago this month, uh, called Travis Reed, A Basketball Life, where I just talk literally about my 10 years overseas. And then that led to a, a show called Travis Reed, An Athlete's Journey. Where I interview other players, talk where they talk about their journeys, about how their you know basketball shaped their lives, or football, or baseball, whatever shaped their lives, but most importantly, what happens after. And pretty much uh, now, I have a couple shows with the on the Believe Network, which one was Believing UCLA, that's one, um, and the show called An Athlete's Journey, that's the other one. They're both on Spotify, so if you ever get you know, check it out, type in Travis Reed, and those two will pop up for sure. I, I've been listening, and I can definitely recommend to all. And Travis, it's been a real pleasure talking to you about European basketball and your career. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Anytime you need me, you know, let me know. I'll definitely come back on. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
I want to thank Travis again for coming on the show. Be sure to check Travis out on Believe in UCLA and An Athlete's Journey with Travis Reed. For the All-American Brit podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network presented by Bet Online. As always, I'm your host, Johnny McEwen. Be sure to follow me at AABritPod on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.